0: Good morning and welcome everybody to the Remarkable You podcast. I am John Zanzarella and across the room setting up our live periscope is Chris Dessie. He gives a big hello and uh, today we're going to have some fun as we always do and we're going to talk about uh, a touchy subject, something that a lot of people don't like talking about. Um, but we're going to talk about getting fired how to insulate yourself from that and uh, some of the things you can do if that does indeed happen the stark reality is this we see in the news every day weekly monthly more and more companies laying off large amounts of executives it is no longer the business world where you work at one company for 30 40 years you have a nice retirement party you get a gold watch and that is it More and more we are seeing turnover in the baby boomer generation, um, in the senior level executive generation. And for the millennial generation, it's less firing turnover and more just hopping from job to job. So for those of you who don't know, Chris's background, he was actually fired three times in two years. a lot of the, a lot of good came from fire that. fire is such a bad word <laughs> yeah let go removed it, 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 was,
1: it was a little bit of everything but yeah, yeah. the last one was definitely uh, yeah and it, while i a, like saying fired but it's like yeah keep going sorry
0: a, a lot a lot of good has come from that um and it was you know really the the catalyst to start um our business and get us to where we are today but there were a lot of days in between where there was uncertainty and um fear And so, Chris, uh, let's take it from there. Talk about your experience. Um, What were some of the things you did immediately? What were some of the things you did by accident that ended up working out? And how would you do it different if you would at all? I did. I did everything by accident. So, oh,
1: sorry. Um, I did everything by accident. Is the reality of it. So, I had started blogging in two thousand and four. Um, because I wanted to be a vice president of sales, and I had a voice. So I had a blog, an active blog, that was that was uh, up and running. However, the first time I got laid off, I was a VP of ad sales at a company called Xanox. I was doing really well financially, uh, but I really wasn't happy with the job, and they were in moving towards shutting down U.S. operations and got laid off, and I was like, ah, you know, whatever, that's fine. I'm gonna get this great new job at a company called Meva. Um, I jumped over to Miva within two weeks. Like there was literally no downtime uh, where I got laid off and it was, whoop, got a job and we're good to go. And I was thrilled about that because I was kind of doubling down. I had a severance package from Xanox and I was going to Miva. Meva was acquired five months later and I was one of the first people to get let go there. Um, that was just kind of like a bad luck situation. And then I said, all right, let me pause and let me get into social media. I really wanted to get into social media. And what I did in that process helped me Insulate myself. And that was the stuff that I always talk about where I purchased the URL Facebookshouldhireme.com, um, which got national attention and was featured in Fortune Magazine, and did those things on my own dime. And I went out to the Web 2.0 conference, took notes, networked, met a ton of people again on my own dime while I was out of work, and took all of that experience and approached Buddy Media. Uh, and got a job offer for Buddy Media for much less money than I had previously been getting because of the time, like it was just the time of, like what was happening with our economy it was like, you know 2007, 2008 when everything was imploding and we we're just kind of bouncing out of that. Um, so I just took the job and I was thrilled to be working in social media. And a year and change after working at Buddy Media. Um, I was fully drinking the Kool-Aid, completely caught off guard. I was caught with like my pants around my ankles. I had no idea. Like the morning that I got let go, I signed an NDA uh, with a company, Publishers Clearinghouse for a deal for $350,000 that was coming in that eventually closed. There was a deal in the pipeline with the Philadelphia Eagles that eventually closed. I was closing deals and Frankly, I think I just made like political missteps at that job and uh, flubbed up and was fired. I mean, the Buddy Media, I got fired. It was uh, unceremoniously, you're leaving, you know, my laptop was gone, clean out your desk and get out of here, um, which stinks. But the things that I had done were blogging. Uh, paying attention to what was happening in my market, understanding everything that was happening in the market. But I don't wanna like always rehash my stories. What I do wanna talk about is maybe some uh, best practices for people that are um, interviewing, that are looking for a new job. A a friend of mine, uh, I won't mention his name because I I don't wanna embarrass anybody. Um, You know, I'm gonna see him this weekend, maybe I'll ask him if I can mention his name on the podcast. But came to me while he was in an interview process in the financial market and was kind of like, hey man, what are some tips and tricks that I can use while I'm going through This interview process. So I gave him some insider information. I was kind of like, listen, man, you know. Leverage, make it easy for the hiring manager. Make sure that you're approaching these interviews where you're coming to the hiring manager and you're saying, listen, I built a 10 page deck, which is what I did at Buddy Media. I I built out a 10, 10 slide deck. And actually I did that for Xanox to be a VP of their ad sales, where I was like a 15 slide deck of what I envisioned I would bring to the table to make their lives easier and saying, this is what I wanna do, this is how I wanna execute it. And I think that that's sort of like the first key step for anybody that's looking for a job that is not just about getting an offer, it's not just about getting a uh, placement somewhere, it's about coming in and really affecting change within the organization and that should be their approach no matter what and I think I would love for you to talk about some of the ad- recent advice that you've given to some of your friends because it's more of the millennial generation you know i'm 40 years old people understand that they need to go the extra mile in order to get a job when they're interviewing at my level because they're most likely senior executives but perhaps junior executives that are interviewing they might not necessarily realize that there are digital tools out there that can help them stand out from the crowd like help them be be the one that it's not just oh the resume's on the top of the pile but it's we need to hire this candidate that, like salary isn't even an option you Know and there's no other, there, this isn't even a negotiation. We need this one specific person, so maybe you could talk about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to touch back on something that Chris said when he was going through his process, um, understand the time where Chris went from being a senior sales executive to shifting into social media. Um, a lot of people I'm sure are listening and saying, Well, man, it would be great if I could take three months off and fly myself to a conference. I take and, three months, or, off. but yeah,
1: like, I, I got laid off and I happen to have some money in the bank. Yeah, that's is, but that, that's
0: my point. It's uh, yeah, you just, had some money in the bank. You had a point in your career where you said, look, I can take a few months and really pour myself into this different vertical. Because a lot of people we talk to want to change verticals. They want to go from ad sales to social media and they're going to say well we don't have three months to do that so one of the things we're going to talk about probably towards the end of this is is the little things you can be doing every step along the way to prepare yourself for for that shift or if there is a shift coming but um what chris alluded to is something that i I was excited about because it's finally happening where it's working but um when i speak to students i talk a lot about okay come out of school not just Finding any job, hoping you get a job. Come out of school with a targeted list of who you want to work for, what you want to do, and then go and get that job. With my friends who are all you know 25 to 35 years old, there's similar conversations. A lot of them are unhappy where they are, and I encourage them, and and I understand it's it's scary. Um, there's a comfort, but to take action and and to to move in the direction they want. So number one thing, always you know we talk about building your network. Um, at each time that Chris was was let off or, or a lot of people I know who are in similar situations, they reach out to the people who they think might be able to help point them in the right direction. Oh, you have to, yeah. And, and, and so that's very important. So when people contact me, like Chris said he was just contacted, um, I always give them sort of the same advice. Number one, start a, a creating your own content. Now the person mm-hmm. that Chris is referencing to uh, is a good friend of mine. Um, we actually work out at the same gym and he's very unhappy with his career in law and he wants to make a specific switch into a niche he's more comfortable with, government relations, government affairs. So we started speaking. He actually does have a great blog. It has nothing to do with law. He's got a great blog on the fashion industry, um, which is a passion of his, and that's fine. He's producing content. He's going to separate himself from the competition by doing that. He's an excellent writer, which translates to over almost any legal profession. But when he reached out to me, I gave him the same advice I almost give everyone. I said, look, Go out there and see what opportunities are available. Use tools like Indeed.com. Use LinkedIn; they have a great job search engine. Um, you know, tools that I would argue you should be doing, even if you are comfortable in a job. Um, this goes back to the insulating yourself. Always be kind of looking and seeing what's out there, and you know, letting employers know that you're you're interested in opportunities if the right one comes along. So he did that, and then I say, when you find the ones that you like. Look at my LinkedIn connections because I am happy to refer this guy. He's a great guy. He's a hard worker. He'd be valuable to any company. It would reflect back well on me helping make an introduction. And I said, if there's anyone I'm connected to who works at that company, let me know. I'll introduce you. So lo and behold, last night he reached out to me. He said, you know, I submitted my resume for a job. They've already gotten a lot of resumes right now. Mine's just one in a stack of pile. But I noticed you're connected to so and so who works there. Do you know him? Would you mind making an introduction? So it just so happens that the person um, who works there is the brother of a very good friend of mine. I texted his brother last night. He passed the message along and they were introduced this morning. They're getting on a call this afternoon. What that call is gonna happen and what it's gonna create is um, a bit of an inside pathway, some optics into the business. What are they looking for in order to fill that role? What are some things you can adjust on your resume to make you look better for that particular role? What should I be expecting? How can I separate myself now? It sounds it's a little bit of collusion, but we talk about all the time that word has a negative connotation. And in a lot of senses, it's a good thing. It's a good thing between brands on social media. It's a good thing between individuals when you're looking to one get your company the best possible hire, but also you know help a friend who is looking to change careers. Dude, I mean, it
1: goes back to uh, my father used to talk to my brother, my cousins, and myself about the idea that you know he was this young Italian guy. Coming out of Brooklyn with a with a good education, uh, but not an Ivy League education, and how he was the first generation of white collar guy, and that he felt that it was his responsibility. To help pull the next generation of white collar, collar guys up into the fold, into the sort of old boy network, and the Ivy League guys had been doing it for generations, and that it was up to us. And this is just sort of that 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 idea that we you need to help each other out. That's how people get jobs. I mean, and it's and instead of just sitting there and waiting for things to happen to you, is creating your own luck and learning as much as you can about an organization. What I did, I, I just jotted these notes on on the whiteboard as you were talking because you're stimulating all this thought. Uh, Paramount for somebody that's leaping from one industry into the next and this is very important. So if you are in one industry, you want to get into another industry, um, you need to take informational interviews. And what I mean by that is my father, again, was very ahead of his time. And when I was in uh, working on my master's degree at NYU, I didn't know what I wanted to do with that master's degree. So my dad was kind of like, you just need to talk to everybody in every vertical. You need to people talk to people on the client side, people on the agency side, and just learn more about what's out there before you start applying. And I think that that's an issue. People start to willy-nilly start to apply. They end up at a job that isn't specifically right for them it's okay and all of a sudden 10 years go by and they're like oh man i'm stuck in this career that i hate so i went on informational interviews and the first informational interview i went on was with andy russell he was the president of aga which was a design agency and i went on the informational interview and andy and i hit it off immediately because he played rugby at princeton i had played rugby at loyola fair weather rugby player, really bad at rugby, did it just for the social life, which worked out for me and that was a lot of fun. But Andy and I hit it off and I was kinda like, how did you get to become a president at AGA? What does AGA do? What, you know, Tell me a little bit more about you. That's while I was in grad school. I had two more jobs Before I went to Andy, called him up and said, I'd like to come work at your agency, and he created a job for me, and I worked at his agency. So it was years later that I ended up working for Andy, and Andy and I call each other friends today. Andy is good friends with Chris Hansen, who's been a speaker at the Westchester Digital Summit for the past two years. We refer business to each other, um, and that's how those things happen, and that's how you cultivate relationships. So – a very dear friend of mine is a restaurateur, has been for 13 years, is interested in changing his career, and came to me with, you know, kind of like, hey, hey, I don't know what what else to to do, Chris. Here's my skill set. I'm like, dude, you're an entrepreneur. You know everything about food. He's like, oh, technology intrigues me, but he's not a technologist. So he's now going on an informational interview with a friend of mine that runs that runs sales for an app called what is it, Olo? Oh, yeah, Olo. O-L-O, which is the premier app for restaurants where you can online, o- ordering. O- online ordering for restaurants. So you can see that there's synergy there. He's not gonna get a job at Olo, but he's gonna learn more about Olo and maybe two, three years down the road after he sells someplace else, this head of sales at Olo is gonna be like, you know, I need to give that guy a call because we need another sales guy that's gonna be hungry, that's gonna understand the restaurant industry. And I get it, hungry understands the restaurant <laughs> industry. Um, but that's the idea is to just take that first step. Um, the other thing, what did I write down? To something. I wrote something else down that I. For can't those read, of you so can't like see, I, Chris I is, is trying to read his cursive it's written sideways the on the wall, so he's tilting
0: word. his head and uh, uh, and people people looking at it. The people on Periscope, periscope may be able to I'll, figure I'll, out I'll what he periscope. said. Um, but you know, the saying is true. It's not about as much about you what know you know what it as it is about who you know. Now the misconception there is this, when people hear that they think, oh man, my father needs to be in finance and he needs to have one of his friends get me a job. And that's not true. Every single one of you can go out and can build your network. They can do things like Chris said, you know, provide information, ask questions, take informational interviews. Um, you know, we, we've talked about some of the ways to get in front of executives, but start with your friends. Your friends have jobs. I'm, through, I'm sure a few of them have jobs that they like and talk to them. See what they see. I think, you know, of my friends, I can list five or six off the top of my head who are in situations like me where they're out networking regularly, where they're meeting a lot of people, and those are the ones you want to start with and see who they've met, who they liked, who they would want to work with. That's always important. I would never recommend one of my friends to a company if someone works there and I know they hate it. But the places where my friends are happy and they like it, you know, those are the companies I'm talking about regularly mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. those are the ones I'm trying to introduce them to. Um, another thing, for those of you who are gainfully employed by a company. Congratulations. Who, congratulations, that you like very much and that company is growing or is looking to hire, Um, be a resource for them. You know, a lot of companies give incentives for that. They're looking for the top-notch talent, especially fast-growing companies in the tri-state area where we live. Uh, They're looking for top-notch talent, so be a resource for them. And that's not, don't just go out and post on Facebook, hey, we're hiring, you know, who wants a job? Look for your friends, talk to your friends. Always have an idea of who's looking, who's happy, who's not happy. Know in the back of your mind who you would want to work with if you were starting a business, you know, who are the five or 10 people you would call. And reach out to them and see if you can help them out along the way. Um, again, companies offer incentives. It's Really paying it forward, and who knows down the road, like a situation with Chris and Andy Russell, where that's going to come back and get you a job, or now many years later, they're referring business back and forth to each I other. Mean, the key there too is like, the, you
1: know, when I when I ended up at Andy, it's because it was the first time I got laid off at MediaPlex when they did a massive round of uh, layoffs in New York, I and mean, they were and later they were acquired by ValueClick, and Andy was the was the second guy I called. I called my father, and then my dad's like, you need to call Andy Russell, and Andy essentially created a job for me, um, and that's the exciting part is that all of a sudden now you've got this in you don't have to worry about headhunters you don't have to worry about uh, you know padding your resume you 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 concern yourself with relationships and what you can offer that person. Andy understood what my skill set was and what I could offer him. He realized that I was an NYU graduate with a master's degree in my back pocket that wanted to change the world and run through a wall. And that's exactly what I did when I got to AGA. It was like, you know, I had a great year in New York. I worked for their London office and I crushed it with sales in their London office. So that's the idea is that you're just getting in front of people and you're networking with the right people that would potentially be able to make hiring decisions for you either immediately and or in the you know the near term but you need to give something to them you need to give them what it is that you're good at. You need to say, here are some things that I'm working on. Here are some things that I'm thinking, right? So I mentioned earlier that my buddy that was in you know restaurant business for 13 years, he might add something during this informational interview and he might get a job. Like I have no idea. He might just be like, listen, you're approaching it all wrong. tours don't want to hear from a tech guy. They want to hear from another restaurateur. and I could crush it on sales when I go around and I go to each restaurant in my area. You never know, man. And that has nothing to do with like listing your resume on, on uh, monster.com or anything along those lines where people kind of become apoplectic and just freeze and say, I don't want to redo my resume. I don't want to do that. Great. Network. Get out there. Add value.
0: That brings up a good point. So this concept of kind of always be looking and always have – your hands out there, seeing what opportunities there are. God forbid, if something does happen and you are let go from your company. Um, number one, you know, recently I, I've spoken to a few people who it's a burden to update your resume if you haven't looked at it in a while. So I would suggest, you know, every year or so, take a look at that resume, make sure it's up to date, make sure it's ready to go. You never know what's going to happen. Now, Chris, interested in your opinion on this, other than networking and meeting new people, what other things can people be doing to always be looking? Do you think it's a good idea to have? your resume on sites like indeed.com and be looking at jobs on LinkedIn on a regular basis? Yeah,
1: Okay. 100%. Uh, the only time in my entire career that I was not looking and didn't have something to almost immediately go to was when I was at Buddy Media and it destroyed me. It absolutely destroyed me. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm like this is it, I'm staying here forever and I got caught with a left hook and it was I got cold cocked and I got laid out cold and it was one of those moments where Um, I had the conversation with my dad and he's like, well, you know, we, we always talk about always be looking, where are you looking? I was like, I hadn't looked at all. I hadn't updated my resume. I hadn't done anything you can set on indeed, you know, you, you know employees at Indeed. You can put your resume up there and nobody will see it. So you can set it to private and you will always have conversations. I would recommend listing your resume on executive search sites that are all gonna be private, that are all gonna be, you know, they're gonna be aware of you keeping uh, an eye on your privacy. Keep the resume updated regularly. It's like cleaning your room, right? Once you clean it, it's easy to maintain it, but always have a relationship with headhunters. Headhunter, if you let headhunters know that you're open to opportunities but you tell them how you wanna be communicated with maybe say don't call me at the office here's my cell phone number please only use my web-based email address don't use your your work email address people are you know come on be smart people um but yeah i mean you never know you who's to say that if you're at a job that you think is mediocre and you're making you know fifty thousand dollars a year and you're making a good living and all of a sudden a headhunter comes up comes to you and says this is in an industry that you love and they're looking for somebody just like you but they're gonna pay 125, why wouldn't you take that leap and take that job? I mean, that's how, for me in my career, that's how I ended up crushing it financially was not staying at the same company and kind of chipping away. It was taking my expertise, packaging myself, parlaying it into something bigger and then negotiating with the utmost swagger and confidence because I knew that I was the best one for the job and I had a current job. That also helps greatly and this is that's a really good, good point. When you're always looking, and you work with a headhunter and they put some opportunities in your lap and maybe you go on an interview or two, um, you are in the control seat. You are the one that is uh, in pole position and the energy shifts Um, and I've seen it in my own career where if you don't have to take a job, people feel that energy and they're like, oh man, this is the candidate, we need to get them a little bit of extra cash and that's how I ended up to be a VP of sales at Xanox. I was at Azugle, and it was a great job, but that's when I was a director of sales, wanted to be a VP of sales, and I was able to like aggressively negotiate with them because, frankly, I didn't care if they walked away. I was in a job that was good, and if they walked away, super. They'll find somebody else, but I'll also find another job, and they knew that. They knew that they needed to give me an offer that made me sit up, made me sit up and take notice, um, and that's the fun part of all of this, right? If you're always looking and you're always out there and you're generating content, you become a thought leader you become somebody that people are pining for, and that's good it's about to be. I mean, if you want to stay at your company for ten years, but still get a little ego shot of people like investigating you, super. But don't go off the ro- off the radar for ten years, and then all of a sudden swoop in and say, "Oh, headhunter, I need to update my resume." And they say, "Where have you been? I haven't been thinking about you or working for you."
0: Yeah, and on the topic of uh, headhunters, and then we'll wrap up here. You know headhunters the the thing i most compare them to is is personal trainers you have the ones who do it because they oh, like fitness and they there. like you know making money or you have the ones who really take pride in their work in their clients in seeing improvement in making a difference so be careful don't just go to any headhunter or recruiter but i'll tell you what the the right ones um that you've made a connection with that understand your value and you understand how they operate and you can get on the same page like chris talked about they can make all the difference, and oh, they yeah. can really help you. I've seen it time and again. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up today. Unless, Chris, do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's good. I that's it. That's good the too. weather is still good today. We're still looking still for um, a hairband to make us a an opening theme song. It got, a little, it got, got a little song. warm yesterday, though. It, I did start sweating. Yeah, you
1: out. I got cocky. It. I talked about how cool and crisp it was, and then it got warm in the afternoon. In the you office. jinxed it on you the
0: podcast. It. Yeah. Cool. So as always... Um, Reach out to us. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. If you have any questions, if you are looking to change careers, keep an eye out for the Remarkable You product. And you can follow us at Chris Desi on Twitter and Periscope, at John Zanzarella. And make sure to keep up with Chris's blog or subscribe to his newsletter, www.chrisdesi.com. Have a great day. See you.